What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Daniel Howitt's interview with the director and co-writer for The Teacher's Lounge, Ilker Katak. Thank you so much for chatting with me today about your film, The Teacher's Lounge. Um, I, I loved The Teacher's Lounge when I saw it back at TIFF, so I'm, I'm thrilled for the Academy Award nomination. Congratulations on that. First of all, thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, it's been it's been it's been wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to ask, what's it been like to to first of all be selected to represent Germany as their as their submission, but then also to be recognized for the Oscar nomination? Well, you know, I mean, the beauty of it all is that this is very this was very unexpected. Everything because you might, I mean, you've seen the film. It's not a film that you would set out to 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 think it would you know get an Oscar nomination because it was a tiny little film with you know just very little budget and we you know we 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 um we first uh had our kickoff in Berlin and there there was a buzz around the film and then Sony picked it up Sony Pictures Classics and then we got the nomination from Germany which was a huge thing which was huge really and then you know, and then I thought, okay, well, if we have, if we have been, um, if you know, if if the German board has said we believe in this film, then I thought, okay, it's a responsibility. So I'm going to make sure I do everything to represent this film and the cultural identity of this country as good as I can. And so I went to all festivals. And to everywhere, you know, I went to Telluride, to Chicago, to Toronto, to, you know, Mill Valley, Savannah, you name it. I was everywhere. And just to make sure that, you know, I do my best to, 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 you know, make something happen. And when we got the nomination, I was already traveling for several months, you know, months. And the day it got announced, it was, of course, we, we are, we were all over the moon. But the, the day after, I fell sick. And the reason for that, I think, was that, you know, you were tensed all the time and you were working and working and working. And once this, you know, you get the nomination and the body relaxes. And all of a sudden, I was like lying down for a week and people were like, oh, you should be over the moon. And I was like, yeah, but I'm sick. And I'm you know, in my hotel room in France. And I was in France in order to do press. But um, yeah, that was that was that was nice. And you know, the the other nice thing about this is that um, 
being a Turkish, a Turkish person in Germany, my, you know, my grandfather came to, came to Germany in the 60s. He was a peasant and an illiterate. He came here to work the factories. And within two generations, his grandson now earned this country an Oscar nomination. So the success of this film is also the success of a migrant story. It's the success of Germany welcoming that, that migrant worker who, want, who wanted to provide for his family. And now here I am, and you know, God bless him. I don't know if he sees this, but it's 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 you know, it's the beauty of two cultures, two cultures. It's the beauty of Germany opening their arms for people like us. And then making this possible. This is this is just another on a side note. This is a very this, this is what I what I told German media the other week because you know you maybe you're you're aware, but there are very very severe right wing um, politics uh, on the uprise here, uh, not uprise on the rise, and um, and this is something that I just wanted to put out for all those who don't want to acknowledge it. Absolutely. Yeah, and 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 those those themes make their way into the the film itself. Um, and so let's start at the beginning. Where where did this film uh, find its beginnings for you? Where did this story get started for you? So you know, I I went to school uh, with my co-writer Johannes. We went we went to school together, and in our time we had this little incident where where we had two boys in class that were actually stealing, and everybody knew. But nobody wanted to be the snitch. But at some point, you know, the school kind of found out and they came into the class and they said, girls out, wallets on the table, boys up front. And, and you know, and they got caught. So when we talked about this 20 something years later, it was kind of like, you know, why, why didn't anybody say anything back then? You know, there were no WhatsApp groups, there were no emails. So we we kind of, we never questioned this 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 intrusion of privacy when when we were students we weren't aware of the rights that we have but we thought it could it could be a good kickoff for a story so so then we started talking about to to educators and they said you know what um this is actually something that happens on an everyday basis but the the, the, the difference would be you cannot do this without telling that it's voluntary so we thought, oh, this is actually even more interesting because once you say it's voluntary, you also say, well, but if you don't have anything to hide, you don't have anything to, to fear. And that reminded us of this whole, you know, politicians speak like that when it comes to privacy issues, when it comes to your, you know, your 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 privacy on the internet or wherever. And um, and we thought, oh, this is actually, you know, school is kind of a setup, is a good setup for 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 the uh, sociological issues that we have in our times, so so we from there we started you know talking about more more of the stuff that is going on in the world, and the more we talked about what's going on in the world, the more we saw it in in that particular school. So that was kind of the kickoff. Yeah, and I love the way that you are able to craft this mini society here in in the right in the school, right, which works so well thematically. How difficult was it to keep the story confined to the school? Did that ever feel start to get challenging? Uh, not really leaving the school at all in the film. No, it was actually a very big relief to be honest, because you know we. The moment I we we said let's just really try and make this in school, um, 
it all came together. Uh, it all came together, and you you just realize. I just realized that there is actually great freedom in in uh, in when you have when you set yourself boundaries. Um, freedom, like creative creative creativity, it, complete freedom is not good for creativity. This is this may sound like a uh, paradox, but it's not. Sometimes it's good to have a set of rules, and in, within those rules, you can you can create something. Um, and one of the rules was never leave the school. Another rule was if there is no conflict in a scene, then you probably don't need it. And you know, so these these kind of things. And I had these kind of rules for all the departments. For instance, in the for for my production designer and my DP, it was just a certain set of colors. For my composer, it was just a certain amount of of classical instruments. So we we and for my own work, it was just a certain number of takes that I wanted to do. So this this whole minimalistic approach was like I I, I utilized it in on all levels. Yeah, and I want to ask about the visuals as well. I was going to, similar question. I, I'm very curious to hear about those rules that you set, especially as it related to your DP. How did you keep the energy moving visually as well without, it? Never the, the film never feels uh, unnecessarily confined, confined. It doesn't feel stale. How did you keep the visuals fresh that way and working within a four by three ratio? Yeah, well, the four by four by three ratio was kind of a um the, the the outcome of several tests that we shot and another uh film that is set in in a college called elephant uh by Gus van Sand. um we just like that visual style very much it had something creepy it also had something um yeah very intriguing and and um we yeah we shot a bunch of tests and it was like you know four to three is a great format if you want to tell a story from a mono perspective, and if you want to single out a person, if you want to, you know, isolate a person, um, it's a great format for, you know, portraits, and um, uh, that's why that's why we 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 chose that format. And and the other question, what was the other question? Just how did you keep the the visuals from feeling? stale or cramped it oh, yeah. does yeah 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 so i don't know i mean we i knew that this film needed to be some sort of pressure cooker you know and um i i had this reference which is really different but in terms of pressure i showed that film to my team and that is that film is uncut gems by the safety brothers um that film gave me a heart attack and i said to my editor um, I want this film to be, you know, like this. And I listened to a podcast with their editor and the, the guy said, the Safdies, they, they fear that the audience will be bored. And that's why, why, why there's so much going on all the time. And I have a same fear, I think, when I make a film that I'm going to bore my audience. And, you know, I just wanted, I wanted to make a film where from the first second you have some sort of pressure. And when you see the first image, you see a woman talking on the phone. There's another colleague saying, yeah, we got to go. She's looking for a piece of paper, can't find it, is putting it on, on, on the hand. And then, you know, takes a sip of her tea and then goes goes to another meeting, which is, you know. So that was the idea to, to just create this sort of um, pressure that teachers have to, you know, have to have to um, put up with. 
And this is, and, and that was also also part of the research that we did, because, uh, you know, once you get into the whole world of teachers, you actually realize what these people are, are have, to, have to deliver and how much pressure they are working under. Um, you, you can, if you don't set your boundaries right as a teacher, it, this, this job will eat you up. It will, you know, and um, I, I realized that, you know, it's a job that's very much underestimated. Uh, people are overworked, people are underpaid, and they don't get the, the you know, and, and, and also this profession has, you know, th there has been an erosion of this, of, of, of this job. Because when I was in school, back in the day, my parents would say, if your teacher says so, then it must be right. And nowadays, it's quite the opposite. Nowadays, it's more like, yeah, my kid got a bad grade. Isn't that a, your responsibility to, you know? And and that's why this job has, we have a great problem in Germany finding teachers. They they are lacking 25,000 teachers um, and nobody wants to do it anymore. And, and you know, politics need to, need, to, need to act upon it, but nobody is doing anything. And so we also wanted to kind of show that this job is just a really tough job and it's you know um that was the that was also one of the ideas why we went into this whole setup of schools and teachers don't you know that you're a grown-up i'm a grown-up me too yep me too but you know these days being a grown-up can really suck luckily we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation we had video arcades and also some of the best tv and movies ever made we lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics the list goes on and on yep Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious about your main character. Um, what, how important was it to have her be a woman? Because I think, you know, a lot of stories around false accusations these days center around men. And so I was just curious, uh, what, when did you know that this needed to be told from a, from a female perspective? Uh, that was never an issue. I, it was always very clear that it needs to be her. It needs to be also, it, it also needed to be Leonie. It needed, needed to be that particular actor because I wanted to, I really wanted to to walk with, work with her. And we we knew that, you know, we, we always put the, like these images on the walls when we write a script and hers was there from the very beginning, like images to just, you know, have an idea who that could be. But hers was there from the very beginning. And then I met her in, in Berlin and she said to me, um, she said to me, I read your screenplay. I like it. I'm going to do it. But you got to know one thing. I don't like children. And I was like, okay, no worries. Um, and then we, you know, we, we were like good cop, bad cop. Uh, I was their dad. She was her their, their mom. I would do an intro in the morning and get them into a certain temperature. Then she would take over. We would do the scene. Then she would go in her corner and I would take over again. So so she would keep the authority kind of. And, you know, the question why she's a woman, um, I think I think um, it comes, it, for this story, it came really naturally because you want to, 
set up as many obstacles as possible. And one obstacle is that as a young woman in this job, you will always encounter these men who have been in this job longer than you, and they will tell you how things work. And they will mansplain the things to you. And they will tell you that, oh, you're just very, you're new and idealistic. Maybe you're overwhelmed. Don't worry. So, and this is kind of, you know, this this boxer. And I, I wanted a character. And there are like subtle, subtle sexist things in this story as well. Like this colleague who was, who was, who's trying to mingle with her by speaking Polish and she doesn't let him, you know, this kind of subtle classism, sexism, um, what, all these kind of things did work better uh, with her. Also in the relationship with the boy, um, because, you know, it's, it's, it can be, it can be, um, how do you say, it can be, uh, I don't know, there's something transgressive about, about things. Um, I think when you're a woman, you experience that transgressiveness of people much much more often than you than you would as a man. and And that's, of course, for 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 a storyteller, that puts your character in more um conflicted situations. um so so that was that was a given kind of. yeah, we never really asked you know wondered if if she could be a man or or anything. And obviously, Leone is just incredible. She's phenomenal in this film, delivers such an amazing performance. I did want to hear more about directing the young people um, and working with them. Uh, I think that's great. You were kind of had this good cop, bad cop situation. Yeah, tell me more. What was it like directing uh, at times such a such a large amount of kids? So first of all, every kid in that film is handpicked. I, I had these general... Um, these general castings where I would gather, you know, four to six kids and just improvise with them and see very quickly what kid is on and which which is not. So those kids, those writer kid or or playful kids, let's say, I would take and put put in the classroom in the presence of cameras and then you know shoot tests and see how natural they stay. And then in the third step, I would do like personal interviews. And talk to them about you know work ethics, saying I'm not your boss, we're colleagues. I want you to know your lines. I want you to you know go to sleep early. We're a family. We take care of each other, and there are no extras, so everybody can get involved. It's not like there are VIPs and there aren't, but really we're just a family here, and everybody also earns the same. That's what I told the production. I wanted all the kids to earn the same, even if they had lines or not. No matter what. All everybody earned the same. And then on set, I really, when we started shooting, I really said to them, like, you know, I I I I showed them my own vulnerabilities and I I asked them about their life. So I never got to sit and said, okay, now we gotta do a scene, let's go. But I really asked them, how are you guys doing? How, how, how has you how have you how how have you slept? What did you dream about? What's your relationship to your parents? How hard is it for you to apologize? And there was this one day where they were a little bit, you know, ah, you know, they were a little, how do you say, flurry, like a rowdy, hot, you know, not calm. And um, and I said to them, guys, I'm gonna tell you something, and that's this, that's the matter of, you know, that's this is the truth. We are all going to die. We're all going to be dead. Um, but this film will last. 
and your kids and your grandkids will watch it. So you better make sure to get it right. You better make sure to deliver the best you can and to be concentrated because one day we're all gonna be gone, but this performance will be here and people will watch it for eternity. Not eternity maybe, but you know, so I kind of gave them this speech, you know, this kind of these kind of speeches that you have in films. And, and they were all like, Oh, this is serious. I think we should listen now. You know, so I think cute. they got the idea. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, uh, like you said, you've been on this, uh, you know, global tour with the film, taking it everywhere. Um, I'm curious what it's been like showing the film to American audiences. Obviously, audiences have been loving the film, but we have a very different relationship to violence in schools um, than than most places. And so I imagine we view we view the film with a little bit different sort of tension. What's it like showing showing the film to to American audiences? Um, so the difference is probably that American audiences react much more vocal to the film. Um, it's more much more <gasps> and and ooh. Uh, you know you see you hear people in the audience much more than than in Germany. Um, and whenever I am on these, you know, Q and A's, I, I oftentimes ask how many of you did expect some sort of gun violence. And sadly, many of them raise their arms. And I think that's the reason. So there is like this, in, this in, enhanced tension with American audiences that you don't have in Europe. But of course, I would love to see how this film plays out in um, in in or how it's how it resonates with Asian audiences. I've never seen that, uh, but I would I would hope to 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 be there at some point and 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 experience that because I can imagine that there it's another story again because you know for instance in China they have surveillance and to them it's it's just you know something that they live with. And I don't know if that's a big deal or not, you know, uh, if someone sets a camera. I don't know. So these 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 questions are like uh spinning in my mind, but 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 I'm I'm really curious to see what 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 in Europe it's been it's been it's been pretty much the same all over the place. Poland has been a little more, you know, they have they they uh I get I oftentimes get the question why she's Polish. And um, this is, but like, why? Why is it a Polish background? That that's what 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 Polish journalists want to know. Um, but other than that, it's been very it's been very good. Uh, the, the the reactions all over. Well, like I said, I love the film so much. Um, it's phenomenal. I'm glad to see all the recognition. Before I let you go, this is a little silly, but I saw on your IMDb page. Uh, that that 20 years ago you were a, a production assistant on Aeon Flux, and so oh, yeah. I, I was just curious. Uh, anything you remember from from that experience? Uh, anything maybe sparked in you as a as a young person that helped you become the filmmaker you are today? Um, well, you know that was a very that was a fun job because I was a PA and um, I was like the lowest in the hierarchy. But I remember the last day of production, we had like our big rap party and the 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 assistant director said, she took my hand and said, come with me. I'm going to introduce you to Charlize. 
So I walk up to Charlize Theron, right? Like, oh man, oh my God, I'm gonna meet Charlize Theron. Wow. So so she's she she, she the, the AD is like, hey Charlize, look, this is our great PA Ilker. Uh he did a great job. I just wanted, he just wants to say hi. So Charlize Theron turns to me. I'm not kidding, uh Daniel. I, I swear to God. She's like, puts her hand on my chest, strokes me like that and asks me, are you Jewish? And I'm like, uh, I'm not. And she turns away. And to this day, and to this day, I'm like, what if I had said yes? You know, uh, to this day, I'm like, what if I had said yes? But yeah, that was just, that was just a very fun moment with Charlize Theron. I hope, I hope I can tell her this one day and, and meet her maybe at the Oscars and say, yeah. do you remember? <laughs> that's incredible. Wow. Uh, that's uh, not the story I expected to hear from, from your time. On yeah. the film. Uh, amazing. Amazing. Well, Elker, again, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for the film and best of luck as you uh, make your way to the Oscars. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. Take care. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Daniel Howitt's interview with the director and co-writer for The Teacher's Lounge, Ilker Katak, here on The Next Best Picture Podcast. The Teacher's Lounge is up for your consideration at this year's Academy Awards for Best International Feature Film representing Germany. You have been listening to The Next Best Picture Podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you all so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time. slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time <gasps> no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details